What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I'm your host, Dahani Joseph, and today we are having our NBA game recap for Thursday, October 20th, 2022. Today was a TNT doubleheader, two games on. The Bucks took on the Sixers and the Lakers took on the Clippers. Both really good games came down to the wire. The latter of the two games, I was not expecting that whatsoever, especially after the Lakers' performance against the Warriors. I just thought it was a foregone conclusion that the Clippers would show, all right, they're the dominant team in the Los Angeles area once more, and that it wouldn't really be a contest. But LeBron, AD, and the Lakers, they, they fought hard. Ultimately, the Clippers got the win. And on the Eastern Conference, the Bucks were victorious against the Sixers, but it was a damn close game. And we're going to get into everything that happened during the game, the big performances, all of that coming up right here, right now. Getting into the first of the two games on TNT last night, we have the Bucks versus the Sixers, okay? This game is potentially Eastern Conference Finals game. You have to assume that Milwaukee, we all know what they have on the table. The best player in the world, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Probably one of the best number twos in the league, Chris Middleton, although he didn't play last night. Drew Holiday and the bevy of other players that they have. Philadelphia. They are 0-2 on the season as they lost this game as well as the home opener, excuse me, the season opener at Boston. Boston is one of the best teams in the league for a reason. They went to the finals last year. We all understand how supremely talented they are on the defensive end as well as the offensive end. We talk about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But Philadelphia, they got some guys on their own, man. And I got to be honest, as we get into the game here, James Harden has been looking like the best player on the Philadelphia 76ers. Giannis and Brooke Lopez negated Joel Embiid to a certain amount. Tonight, he only had 15 points, 6-21 from the field, 1-3 from three-point range. 12 rebounds, but relatively pedestrian night for Embiid on the whole. We're used to seeing 30-15 and from him on a consistent basis. Last night, he was negated. Brooke Lopez is a man amongst boys, and I'll get into him specifically once we get to the Bucks side of things, because his presence is paramount to anything that the Bucks do in terms of championship aspirations. But for James Harden, man, 31 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds, 13-24 from the field. He shot only 1 for 7 for 3-point range, but we all know that won't last. James Harden has evolved his game, I think that's safe to say, from the standpoint that when Embiid isn't on the floor, when it's just Harden and everybody else. He's reverted but partially to his Houston Rockets days, but also that beginning in Brooklyn when he understood that he's the main ball handler. He's the point guard. He can score, but he's going to facilitate. And something that I like that he's added to his game is the mid-range shot. Primarily in Houston, he was either three-pointer, get to the basket, or at the free throw line. Those were his main methods of scoring. But now Philadelphia, and this is partially due to the – the scoring skill set of some of his teammates, primarily Joel Embiid, he's able to get in the pick and roll 
and everybody's focusing on a rolling and beat. So he has the ability to stop and pop in the mid-range area. He did that a numerous amount of times in last night's game. And with great efficiency, he was shooting them well. He also has that floater that he always gets in the paint. But the mid-range shot especially, sometimes that's the only shot available, and he knocks it down with consistency over the last two games that he's played. He played 40 minutes, maybe want to cut that down. But he was an orchestrator last night. He was the main focal point. And if it weren't for the great defense of the Bucks, Philly could have easily won this game with the way James Harden has been playing. He's been playing on another level, all-star caliber, all-NBA caliber. He's on a revenge tour this season, looking like the best player in Philadelphia so far. Tyrese Maxey also tipped in 15 points. I'm waiting for that breakout type of game from Tyrese Maxey. I'm sure it's coming. He's been working all offseason. I remember during the summer, they had an interview with Doc Rivers, and he was like, he needs to lock Tyrese Maxey out the gym because he was consistently in the gym. That just shows how much of a workhorse he is and what he's trying to do this season, potentially being an all-star in the East along with Embiid and Harden the way he's been playing. Overall, relatively quiet. Now, it was a very tough game to score at some points for both, both squads. Going over to the Milwaukee side, Giannis, he ended the game with 21-13-8, three blocks, doing Giannis-type stuff. We all understand what he brings to the table, best player in the NBA. Brooke Lopez, okay, 17 points, four rebounds, two blocks. Sad she doesn't scream out of you. Four for 12 from three-point range. I'm surprised he took that many threes in the game. But outside of you have Grayson Allen and Chris Middleton, he's really the best three-point shooter. And Buster Matthews, let's not forget about him. But what Brooke Lopez brings to the Milwaukee Bucks is a top-five rim protector in the NBA, a top-five shooting big man in the NBA, a top-five screen setter in the NBA. He brings all those passes to the game. And if you're going to the paint against Brooke Lopez, you better yam it on him with ferocity, if you can, because Brooke Lopez is sending everything back. Those two blocks do not represent his impact, Okay. He deters so many shots. His presence, he's a big dude, seven one seven two. We all understand what he was back when he was in the in Brooklyn with the Nets, an all-star. But now his role has almost completed under 180. He was not really known for defense back then. He was an offense guy. Now we still see that offense being prevalent in the Bucks system, but he's their defense in that paint. We all understand Giannis Antetokounmpo gets blocks as well, but, I mean, those two guys trying to score on them in the playoff series, good luck. Good luck to anybody who has to go through that. Giannis is a monster all unto himself. And Brooke Lopez, Brooke Lopez is the best non-all-star big man in the league. Solely because of his defensive prowess in the paint. As well as his ability to shoot the ball. 4 for 12, shot about 33%. But when you consider the volume, and he's going to get so many open shots. So, so many good looks. Especially once Chris Middleton gets back. He's not coming back for a significant stretch of time. Man, he's going to get wide open looks. And he's going to knock them down with high efficiency. Drew Holiday had a relatively quiet night with 6 points. 2 of 15, 0 for 6. Defensively, we know he'll give you. Offensively, we expect a little bit more. Grayson Allen, 12 points. 3 of 10, 2 for 6. Like I said, it's kind of hard shooting night. Philadelphia was playing... Pretty good defense throughout the night. Physical defense. Bobby Porter shipped in 11 points. My thing with this Milwaukee Bucks squad 
is that they are a team that is full of stars. And not just the big three. Not just Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday, right? You got guys that are stars in their roles. I mentioned Brooke Lopez before. A star in his role. One of the best at his position. You have Wes Matthews, George Hill, Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen. These are all guys that stars in the role. Whether it be Bobby Portis being the energizer bunny on this team. The type of enforcer on this team. A guy that can get hot, score off the bench. That's his role. He stars in it. Wes Matthews, Grayson Allen. Especially in the case of Wes Matthews. He's a guy that's a 3 and D specialist. He'll guard the top perimeter guy on the team. And he'll knock down shots. He's a star in his role. George Hill, veteran point guard. At times, he can be a shooter as well. He's a calming presence on that bench unit. A star in his role. Grayson Allen, shooter. Also can defend a star in his role. They all are stars in their role. The Bucks equivalent to the solar system in my mind just because of the talent and the depth that this squad has. Arguably one of the best benches in the league. But when you head over to the West, they have the same case when you talk about the Los Angeles Clippers. They might have the most depth in the NBA, okay? Clippers versus Lakers, final score 103-97. to the Clippers were victorious, but it wasn't looking like that at some stretches, all right? So the Clippers took an early lead, 35-23, and then the Lakers came back to make it all close at the second, at the halftime mark. Coming out, Clippers were firing on all cylinders third quarter, but defensively, the Lakers, they gave them a run for their money. And that's one thing that I'll say about the Lakers, right? They can't shoot. We all understand that. LeBron James even admitted it after the first game of the season. 1 of 82. He was like, man, we can't shoot. (laughs) We can't shoot, and that's a problem. Especially in this NBA where shooting is at a premium. But the Lakers can defend. When you have a guy like Anthony Davis in the paint, you have guys like Patrick Beverly, Lonnie Walker, athletic dudes who will get after on the defensive end. Russell West forgot times. He had some pretty impactful um, steals. If they had won, it would he would have been a key catalyst for that despite the poor shooting night overall. Their defense will help them win games where their shooting won't lo- allow them to. And to be fair, they played two of the best teams in the Western Conference, potentially in the NBA, and back-to-back games. So once they start facing some of the lower competition, they'll start winning more games. And if they decide to trade Russell Westbrook, make that Buddy Heald, Miles Turner swap, get some more shooting, I think this team will potentially be a, a tough out in the playoffs. Talking about the Lakers, LeBron ended the game with 20-10-6, Davis 25-8. and eight. A solid night for Davis, mind you. 9-16, 2-4 from 3, 5-7 from free throw, free throw line. When you get this type of production from Anthony Davis, it's pretty hard to lose the game. Like, because he's doing his thing. Also consider Lonnie Walker, who I liked coming out of San Antonio, even before when he was in college, athletic freak. But last night, 26 points. He was getting it done on the offensive end. 9-21 shooting, 2-9 from 3. We all understand that Blake can't really shoot. But he was getting some crazy athletic finishes over the defense, over Zubats, another top big that's not a star in the NBA like Brooke Lopez. Russell Westbrook, 2 points, 0-6 from 3. Of 11 from the field. Only scores free throw line, 2 of 2. 
but he had five steals. All right, five steals, two back-to-back steals when he, Kawhi Leonard was trying to post him up. Four assists on that, three rebounds. Now, Westbrook, you cannot you cannot go 0 for 11, 0 for 6. That's what you cannot do. But something that Westbrook does well, especially when he's in a lineup that doesn't have LeBron, Anthony Davis, but primarily with LeBron, he likes to push the pace a lot. He'll get a rebound, he'll just go. And I think certain teams are going to have to adjust to that. Despite him not scoring in the paint, the, the, just the force, the presence of him pushing the ball up with tempo. He did this a lot in the game against the Warriors as well. It puts pressure on the defense. And if they had shooters on this team, it would be really easy to just kick it out to a shooter for a wide-open three who's trailing, something like that. So I think Westbrook has, despite the poor shooting, has times when he's been a positive for this team. Looking on the bench as well. Not too much production otherwise for the Lakers. Matt Ryan hit a three. Montesano Anderson hit a three. Overall, they were 9 of 45. 20% horrendous from three-point range. Lakers need shooting. That's what it's going to be. Going over to the Clippers side, the winning side. My takeaway from this game was easily the resurgence of John Wall. John Wall looks like he's back. We all understand that he had the mental health issues going on for a while, and then just him not really be able to play due to injuries. He was in Houston for a while, and then he bought out. Now in a better situation with the Los Angeles Clippers. And, man, off the bench, he was looking spry. He had a quick first step that we all know and loved. Made him a five-time all-star back with the Wizards. He's able to get to his spots easily. He hit the pull-up jump shot, a few jump shots in the mid-range area. And he was just going off. He really looked comfortable. In the roster, he didn't look like he was forcing anything. And as a lead guard, man, him and Reggie Jackson are going to battle for that starting point guard role after what he did last night. 0 for 4 from three-point range. I'm not sure that'll last. I think he'll get it up to around 34 35% on the season. But it's going to be really tough for whoever has to face the Clippers when you see Reggie Jackson followed by John Waller, vice versa, as the two guards. Those guys can drop 20 and 10 on any given night. That's a scary backcourt. That's a scary backcourt. Kawhi Leonard came off the bench 14 points, 6 of 12. He's going to get his legs under him. We know that when Kawhi Leonard is healthy, he's one of the top 10 players in the NBA. There's no doubt about that. But slowly coming back into the fold. Paul George, 15 points. Relatively pedestrian night for him by his standards. Didn't really shoot the ball too well. Mont- Morris Sr., Monte Morris. I forget which one it is. I think it's Monte Morris. No, Mar- Marcus, not Monte. It's Marcus and Mar- What's the other one's name? <laughs> anyway, Marquis. There you go. So this one is Marcus Morris Sr., 14 points, 5 of 9, 1 of 3 from 3-point range. He's the guy that can score in bunches. Norman Powell, and this goes to the depth part that I mentioned, right? Norman Powell. Morris, Zubat, they have Jackson, George, John Wall, Nicholas Batum off the bench, Robert Covington, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard. Like, are you serious? That's a 10-man roster, 10 deep of just guys that either have playoff experience, who have been in big games, who can score, who can defend, two-way guys. You can't ask for more in terms of a roster than what the Clippers have right now. Only thing primarily, maybe some size off the bench would be nice. But then again, a lot of teams decide to go small in the playoffs, so that might not be too big of an issue. 
they're going to play their style. And if they run into a team like a Denver Nuggets who has Jokic or even this game with Anthony Davis at center primarily, they're going to use the smaller guys that are going to get up into him. And Clippers are going to dictate pace a lot of the a lot of the games that they play and dictate pace. This bench is legit. Their depth, just like Milwaukee, a top team in terms of their depth, veteran presence, leadership off the bench. And that's going to pay dividends come postseason time. Final thing, shout out to Candace Parker on the TNT crew. That's really dope to see. She's a great player, obviously, with the WNBA. Unfortunately, couldn't repeat as WNBA champions with Chicago after last year. But shout out to Candace Parker for making it into the booth. I know we've seen her. TNT on the, the pregame halftime shows with Adam Lefko at times, Dwayne Wade before. Lots of great things going on there. So just happy to see her broadcasting with Kevin Harlan, Reggie Miller. Hopefully she's a mainstay. I really enjoyed her commentary. That's just a, a personal side for me. But yeah, that's all we got for Thursday. Great games all around. Great competitiveness. And again, only second game. First game for some of these teams, second games for others. But very telling of what these rosters can look like in the foreseeable future. And for Los Angeles, shooting is a must. You must go out and find shooters if you want any chance to contend in the NBA. That's all for this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Make sure to like, rate, share, follow me if you're not already. Thank you just always supporting. I really really appreciate you guys watching, time in, time out, listening, time in, time out again. We're going to keep grinding, keep going. NBA season day two wraps up. Day three coming up. We got a whole season, a whole season, a whole postseason. Going to keep it locked and loaded here on the From Downtown podcast. So many great matchups are ahead. So many great storylines are ahead. And man, I'm just ready to get, get into it as the season unfolds. Christmas time, there's going to be some great Christmas matchups. I'm excited for that. All-Star season makes the All-Star break, and of course, seeing the MVP race and Jason Tatum taking that over sooner than later, I think. But until next time, guys, take care.